From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And for this edition, it's my privilege to have as my guest, Colonel Chuck Galena, USMC retired, and we're talking about the upcoming Warriors to Lords spiritual journey to France in the spring. Colonel Galena, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, well, let's start out with the, the little background on Warriors to Lords. What What is Warriors to Lords? Uh, Warriors to Lords is a spiritual pilgrimage for our wounded, Ill, primarily for our wounded, ill, and injured military personnel. Uh, we uh, sponsored by the Archdiocese for the Military Service, supported by the Knights of Columbus. Uh, the first Warriors to Lords took place in 2014. And uh, we just completed our uh, pilgrimage for 2022 in May of this year. And we are now in the planning phase for the 2023 Warriors to Lourdes pilgrimage, which will be held in conjunction with the 63rd International Military Pilgrimage, uh, which consists of 40-plus nations and probably twelve to 15,000 military personnel. Now, I should mention, you have a senior-level position with the Knights of Columbus, correct? I do. I am the assistant, uh, excuse me, the advisor for military and veterans affairs uh, for the Supreme Knight, as well as the uh, uh, national representative for our VA Voluntary Service Program, liaison here to the Archdiocese for the Military Service, and the highest honor is the uh, principal coordinator for Warriors to Lourdes, and the uh, chief of the U.S. delegation to the PMI. I see, and I was fortunate enough to go along with you this past uh, uh, year to the Warriors to Lourdes. It was a fantastic experience, so thank you for letting me tag along. Um, so uh, fill me in a little bit on uh, what uh, those accepted can expect when they take the trip in the spring. Uh, Warriors to Lourdes is primarily, first and foremost, a spiritual pilgrimage. Uh, we go to the shrine of Our Lady of Lourdes in Lourdes, France, along with our military colleagues from 40-plus uh, other nations. Uh, during the pilgrimage, uh, we, of course, have Mass. Uh, we conduct what we call faith and fellowship uh, sessions for our personnel, uh, for our military personnel to reflect on the wounds, both physical, emotional, moral wounds that they may suffer. Uh, we have with us their companions as well as uh, a number of Catholic chaplains and non-Catholic chaplains. Uh, mass, uh, obviously we take our pilgrims to the baths at Lourdes, which is one of the highlights of the pilgrimage. The Stations of the Cross, uh, both the upper and lower stations, and then, of course, the PMI events, uh, the opening and closing ceremony, the Marian procession, on which is a, a absolutely beautiful candlelight procession on Saturday night, and then the international closing mass on Sunday morning. So it is a full uh, spiritual experience for our, our wounded, ill, and injured, their caregivers, companions, and importantly for our chaplains, our priest chaplains, uh, they hear many confessions and they are so 
uh, integrated into the pilgrimage, that they are really the heart of the pilgrimage uh, for our warriors. And you say uh, PMI, that's the uh, acronym in French for the International Military Pilgrimage. Pilgrimage Militaire International. I'm impressed with your French. <laughs> so anyhow, what are the dates for the Warriors to Lourdes? Uh, the dates for the uh, 2023 Warriors to Lourdes Pilgrimage are 9 to 15 May, and that's inclusive of travel. Uh, we fly our pilgrims from six major airfields here in the United States, uh, they depart on the 9th of May from uh, Dulles, Atlanta, Houston, Seattle, Raleigh-Durham, and LAX. They, the pilgrimage then, they will all return on Monday the 15th. The PMI itself, the International Military Pilgrimage, it takes place the 12th through the 14th, so our program is integral to and wrapped around the international military pilgrimage over the weekend. And I can tell you from my own experience this past year what a spectacle it is, the international military pilgrimage. I mean, we saw um, platoons uh, marching by throughout the streets of the village of Lourdes, military bands coming and going, very festive atmosphere. Uh, I'll remember the experience forever. Uh, well, let's back up even further. Let's talk about the International Military Pilgrimage itself. What is that all about? After World War II, the warring powers, particularly France uh, and uh, UK and the other powers, uh, began coming to Lourdes for reconciliation after the terrible destruction of World War II. Uh, after a few years, uh, the, the German uh, chaplains and military were invited uh, to come as well. Uh, it was then 63 years ago in 1958 that the International Military Pilgrimage itself was first conducted uh, with uh, uh, the warring powers plus Germany uh, plus a number of other nations has now grown over these last uh, 63 years into the uh, PMI now, which consists of over 40 nations, and as I said, annually about 12 to 15,000 military personnel was interrupted, obviously in 20 and 21, uh, with the uh, COVID pandemic, where Lourdes itself was shut down, and of course travel was restricted. So the 62nd military PMI conducted in 2022 was really a return for all of us. Uh, to Lourdes, and it was quite uh, emotional for all of us after missing and uh, being away for three years. And the Warriors to Lourdes itself, you say, started in 2014. So this this upcoming one in 2023 will be the what, eighth or ninth? It'll be the, the eighth. Gotcha. Okay. Now, um, uh, what is the, uh, how, how many, um, how many applicants will be accepted to go on Warriors to Lords? Because the Knights are paying for uh, some or uh, a certain number of them to come along. So what, what are the details on how? The Knights of Columbus covers the majority of the pilgrims, all the wounded, ill, and injured, as well as their caregivers and companions, uh, family members, wives, children of those who need financial support. We also obviously cover the expenses for our chaplains as we can't have a pilgrimage without our chaplains. Uh, so we cover those costs. 
Uh, I have 195 block seats from the United States over those six flight those six flights. Uh, we bring a bus from Germany, which is a 48 passenger bus that brings a number of the from the bases in Germany. Uh, and then we have what we call own travelers, those who uh, pay their own way to Lourdes uh, to uh, participate, and uh, obviously they they are part of our pilgrimage. We also have a group of every year we're blessed with a group of anywhere from 15 to 20 or so uh, paying volunteers. They pay their own way to come to support us and help us uh, with our pilgrims. I see. So um, uh, walk me through um, the the days that uh, the warriors will experience the things that you've talked about. Well, you know, the first day there's what an orientation. Uh, well, they as this year they will all arrive on Wednesday, the tenth of May. Uh, we'll get them settled in their hotels. That night we'll have a faith and fellowship, uh, welcoming and faith and fellowship where they will receive a reflection from one of our priest chaplains and then uh, a prayer from one of our our non-Catholic chaplains. And then we divide them into small groups, uh, called breakout session, if you will, based around the flight group that they came with uh, so that they can then discuss and reflect on uh, what the reflection was about. Typically, that opening opening reflection is, what is pilgrimage? Why are we here? Well, we're not there on a vacation to southern France. We're there to obtain this healing graces through the intercession of our Blessed Mother and our her son, Jesus. The pilgrimage is really there as a spiritual healing for our military personnel uh, to seek the peace that they they so desperately need, particularly those who have suffered physical and uh, uh, moral wounds uh, and emotional wounds from combat operations. Uh, there is a saying, of course, that no one returns from war unwounded. And that, that is, we, that's what we see. And that's why we, the, between the archdiocese and the, and the Knights of Columbus come together in order to afford these men and women the opportunity to seek that healing. I'm talking to Colonel Chuck Galena, USMC, uh, who is a retired, uh, who is uh, one of the principal, if not the principal organizer of the Warriors to Lourdes uh, annual spiritual journey to France to join with the International Military Pilgrimage. Uh, so uh, how many um, applicants... Colonel Galena, do you expect, and how do you go about deciding which ones can go and which ones don't? We typically get around 600 applications uh, at that stage, given the number of of, uh, pilgrims that we can take somewhere between 200 and 250. Uh, We have a selection panel that we convene at uh, the Knights of Columbus headquarters in Connecticut, and then we go through and select those from the applicants, those who have the most need, the most urgent need uh, for healing and reconciliation. And do you have any kind of uh, informal criteria? Uh, the, the you know the, you say the the ones who are most in need would this be physical uh, injuries from war? Would it be mental suffering, uh, uh, moral injury? Uh, what, what it, do, it would include all forms of the wounds suffered in war, a physical. Uh, mental or 
PTSD, that's the common word, and of course, moral injury, which is an injury that we are beginning to really begin to understand more, the injury to the soul. Uh, active duty, wounded, ill, and injured, of course, the highest priority. Uh, uh, Non-wounded, uh, ill, and injured, active duty, uh, are a second or third priority. And then those that are uh, not combat wounded, but suffer from uh, principally uh, illnesses or injuries, uh, for example, uh, uh, cancer or some other uh, malady that uh, that they need to, to for healing. Now, I'll share with you one of the stories that made a big impact on me this year when I was with you in the Warriors was one of the chaplains, the uh, Protestant chaplain, the first night uh, got up and told the story of how uh, on a previous Warriors to Lord's journey, uh, he uh, came in contact with a, a vet from the war in Iraq. Uh, the guy was, you know, suffering uh, tremendously, and they stepped out on the balcony, and he, uh, this uh, pro- Protestant chaplain found out the reason was that he had uh, shot and killed a kid in Iraq. He, he was an enemy combatant, a kid with a gun, and had been carrying this cross with him for a number of years and finally was able to lay it at the foot of the cross at, at, uh, at Warriors to Lords. Can you share with me any other stories like that? Any any uh, uh, situations where the Warriors came there and, and experienced some kind of healing, whether it was physical, mental, or spiritual? Uh, we've, we have over the years. Uh, we've seen, we have averted a number of suicides. Uh, we have very much uh, been, the pilgrimage has been very uh, important in marriage uh, where uh, the couple may be suffering, their marriage may be suffering from the wounds suffered by the, and the separation. Uh, we've seen a number of that. And most importantly, uh, we have seen the, the recognition, the awareness for many of our warriors of this moral injury that they haven't fully understood the example you you cited is an example of moral injury moral injury is something i did it's guilt something i saw but didn't stop that i should have these are the these are the guilt feelings that we carry and in the case you cited the guilt that this man carried from the uh, necessary killing of a child um so we do see a lot of that. We, and it's also very important for the families uh, to, to, to experience the pilgrimage together. On the physical side, uh, nothing that I would call a major miracle that's going to get reported to Rome. But we've seen healing take place uh, early on. One of our pilgrims uh, had suffered a traumatic uh, 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 suffer from an IED, I lost a limb, uh, was suffering from very serious traumatic brain injury. I was unable to move his arm, paralyzed from the from the really from the chest down. Could could operate the joystick with one arm, but could not raise the other arm. And had basically been told he probably would never move that arm. Within a few weeks after returning from Lourdes, he was able to move that arm, and. Improve and it improved over time. Is that a miracle, or is that the strength that 
the blessed that he gained through the intercession of the Blessed Mother to overcome that. I think that uh, one of our pilgrims, to me, sums up uh, really what Warriors to Lords is all about. It was a young man who was a, a cadet at West Point, uh, had, a, had a fall off the rock wall uh, during their climbing exercise, uh, hit his head, and in the CAT scan, they discovered a very large tumor. Uh, it was cancerous. Obviously, the young man was uh, released from the, from the military academy. Uh, but he came with us. He'd been in remission for about six or seven years, but the, but the cancer was coming back. So he was accompanied by his mother, and he came with us. And in his own words, he says, we came seeking healing, physical healing, but we found spiritual healing and the grace to continue the journey, and that was more important. And I think to me that really sums up what Warriors to Lords all about is the, yes, the physical or the illnesses, the emotional and mental, and very importantly, the moral injuries, and of course, marriages. Wow. Why did the Knights of Columbus decide to start Warriors to Lords? I mean, I can only imagine the cost involved. You're talking a couple of hundred plus folks that you're taking over there every year, airfare, hotel. What, what led the Knights to do this? Knights of Columbus has a very long history of support to our military, really starting in World War I uh, with the support to the military, with our, our uh, what we call our huts, army huts, uh, where all the troops were welcome, like a welcome center, uh, kind of like the forerunner of the USO today. Uh, we provided a large number of auxiliary chaplains uh, for our forces in Europe, and we actually had Brother Knights of Columbus on the front lines uh, providing health and comfort to our warriors. Uh, after World War I, uh, employment opportunities and support with education and employment training uh, carried that all the way through World War II uh, and ensuing wars. Uh, so our, our, our support of the military is really unbroken. Uh, and so Warriors to Lourdes or bringing our wounded, ill and injured to Lourdes is sort of a, to me, a natural step and a natural, uh, a natural partnership with the Archdiocese in the spiritual and moral healing of our wounded and ill and injured. I'm talking to Colonel Chuck Galena, USMC retired from the uh, Knights of Columbus, and uh, we're uh, discussing the uh, upcoming Warriors to Lourdes spiritual journey to France to join the International Military Pilgrimage. The dates are May 9th through 15th, 2023. So, Colonel Galena, how does someone go about applying for a seat on this Warriors to Lourdes? Uh, one goes to our website, warriorstolords.com, warriorstolords, all one word, dot com. On the webpage, on the landing page, you'll see a, a button for apply. Uh, hit the button and uh, up will come the applications. You'll be asked to identify which category you're applying for, wounded, ill, and injured, non-wounded, ill, and injured, companion, uh, caregiver, volunteer, chaplain. Uh, once you do that, you begin to fill out your application, and the application is processed and ready for the selection panel in January. Now, are there deadlines? 
There are. Uh, the the uh, application phase opened on 15 September. Uh, as of last uh, Wednesday, uh, we had already had uh, 89 applications. So I would anticipate we're probably over 100 applications by now. Um, so the applications are processed and prepared for the selection panel, which takes place in, la in late, July, late January. The deadline for all applications is 15 January of 2023. And I should mention we're recording this on the 26th of September, 2022. So the application period opened on the 15th, and by the 21st, the following Wednesday, in one week, you'd already received... 89 applications. 89, wow. Okay, so um, the, the for someone who really wants to go, the advice would be what? Get that application in right Absolutely. away. Absolutely. The sooner that you get the application in, the better. We do look at how the, the timelines that it comes in, uh, and that's an important criteria. But the most important criteria is the the need of the individual applicant. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the last, uh, the candlelight vigil on the last night of the International Military Pilgrimage. Uh, the, you know, my experience was the last day was just full of, uh, uh, you know, activities and, and uh, events that were uh, spiritually uplifting, inspirational. Uh, tell me about how it all comes to, a, you know, a head at the last uh, day and night of the International Military Pilgrimage. The, uh, as, we've, as we've talked about, uh, we actually, our pilgrimage really opens on Thursday with a Faith and Fellowship Wednesday night upon arrival. And then on Thursday, uh, we will have some sessions on moral injury awareness. Uh, uh, the visits to the baths will start uh, at 2.30 on, on that particular day. Uh, we will have the opening Warriors to Lourdes Mass and then a Faith and Fellowship again that evening. Friday is really a busy day in that we, again, we continue to, to work on the moral injury issues as well as other trips to the baths. And then the official American Mass opens Friday afternoon and then into the opening ceremony uh, for the PMI itself on Friday evening. Saturday is the grotto, the English-speaking Grotto Mass with our colleagues from UK, uh, Ireland, Canada, the United States. Uh, we uh, 7.30 Grotto Mass. That day really picks up from their Stations of the Cross. Uh, this year we did a, a memorial service with a procession of a, of a, a blessed candle to the, to the candle chapels. Uh, in honor of our 13 warriors killed in Kabul at uh, the 13, the 12, the 11 Marines, the soldier and the Navy corpsman that were killed on that fateful day in Afghanistan. Uh, to honor their memory, um, the rest of the day is then filled with a sports challenge where each of the countries feels a team for a really robust uh, and exciting uh, sports challenge. Uh, and then... Uh, we move in that evening to the memorial mat, to the candlelight, the Marian procession, a beautiful candlelight uh, procession with all of our bishops, uh, the colors of all the nations, and the 12,000 plus 
uh, pilgrims in procession, all with lighted candles. And it, the Blessed Mother is carried in honor and then brought to the altar. And then this great, beautiful, spectacular from the front of the basilica looking out over the esplanade at that full, beautiful candlelight. Yes, and then there's the final mass in the underground. Uh, yeah, uh, right. I don't know what I would call that. It's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Saint Pius the Tenth Basilica. Right. It is underground. When you look at pictures of Lourdes, you will see this beautiful green esplanade, uh, beautifully tailored, and so forth. Underneath that is a basilica that can handle up to about twenty thousand people. Wow! And, uh, uh, so it is a a monstrous underground facility. Uh, and the uh, international, the opening and closing ceremonies are conducted there, but more for a beautiful international mass on Sunday morning with all of the co- the nations coming together for mass. I can tell you on the Warriors to Lords in 2022, it was a magnificent mass, and uh, the uh, international military pilgrims had no trouble whatsoever filling that basilica to the seams. <laughs> It does uh, get filled. And and one other thing I, I know, noted um, when I was there with the Warriors in May was the presence of the uh, uh, delegation from Ukraine. Yes. Uh, and uh, what were there, 15 or 16 of them? There were. Uh, the, we did have a delegation from Ukraine. Uh, it consisted of 11 uh, Ukrainian soldiers, uh, four uh, what we would refer to as Gold Star Mothers, uh, that had lost sons in battle, as well as the military bishop for the Ukraine and two chaplains. So it was a total of about 19 Ukrainian warriors, which it was the great honor of the Knights of Columbus to cover the expenses for the Ukrainian delegation. Well, I tell you, seeing uh, those uh, Ukrainian soldiers dressed out in battle dress was a really inspiring sight. Uh, Russia, of course, was not represented as far as we know. Maybe next year. Russia was not represented, and uh, it was it, it was an amazing sight to see the Ukrainian colors being carried, uh, the Ukrainian warriors in their dra- battle dress uniform, knowing that some of them have just left the battlefield and are headed back. Uh, as a as a warrior myself, it you render respect and honor to the to those warriors in combat now. Now, you did how many tours in Vietnam? I have four to, I had four tours in Vietnam. Wow. And that's above and beyond the call of duty, four tours. Thank you for service. Uh, you're welcome. I've been talking to Colonel Chuck Galena of the United States Marine Corps, retired. Uh, he is a, a senior level official with the Knights of Columbus and uh, is uh, in charge of uh, pulling together the uh, upcoming Warriors to Lords spiritual journey to France to join the International Military Pilgrimage, which is held there um, every spring. And the dates of this uh, uh, upcoming Warriors to Lords is May 9th to the 15th, 2023. Uh, get an application in by January 15th to be considered. And uh, the place to go is warriorstolords.com. Colonel Galena, thank you so much for talking. Any closing thoughts? Uh, just, uh, you know, it is it is quite an expense, which we, the Knights of Columbus, uh, proudly carry. But for those that want to help us offset the cost, can certainly make a donation, again, on the webpage. Uh, hit the donation. But it costs us about $2,600 to sponsor a, 
a single warrior so and or family member a companion uh, so for those that would like to donate again warriorstolords.com hit the donate button and every dollar counts colonel chuck galena thank you so much Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve.